0: Visit our Facebook page, TG Geeks Webcast. On Google Plus and YouTube, look for us as 2Gay Geeks. You can tweet at TG Geeks and at the 2Gay Geeks. Or call our feedback line at 469 TG Geeks, that is 469 844 3357.
1: Happy listening. Peace. Cheers.
0: is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Gray's in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 54 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Today, I'm very excited to be rejoined once again by Brian Black, also known as Roe of Realm Maintenance. How are you doing today, Roe?
1: I'm doing good. It's uh, it's good to be back on the show uh, as We suggested several months ago, the first time I was on, that we'd get back and talk uh, after BlizzCon and uh, just – get down with all things geeky and BlizzCon, and it, it's a pleasure to be back on the show. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. It was it was great to get to to finally meet you in person at uh, Con Before the Storm, even though it was mm-hmm. just momentary. <laughs> yeah. I think it <laughs> lasted yeah. all of
1: about 10 to 15 seconds. I think you said hi. I either shook your hand or we hugged. I forget which. <laughs> uh, I, mean, I, I shook hands and hugged so many people at BlizzCon. It's one thing that BlizzCon's good for. But yeah, it, that's one of the unfortunate things about BlizzCon. It's like, it's great that you get to meet all these people who you only know as either a voice or some text on Twitter or something like that, but the fact that there are so many people and that that group of people surrounded by so many other uh, just Fans of Blizzard and stuff like that. It's very possible not to bump into people while you're both there. And it's also the amount of time that you get to spend is so brief. It makes you wanting for more, uh, which can can easily explain why this has been my fourth BlizzCon in a row and uh, very likely will not be my last.
0: Right, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I bumped into you for multiple seconds. <laughs> I got to see yes. Chris Case for all of maybe a minute and a half before he got bombarded by people. I think the, the most success I had was I, I grabbed Jules before she got inundated with people, and we got a good you know five- or ten-minute conversation out of it. Oh. But then she – because I met her last year, so, so mm-hmm. she recognized me as I was walking up. But Marconin hadn't – I hadn't met Marconin last year, and he walked up. She introduces us, and he got bombarded two seconds. Like I literally had enough time to kind of reach through people, shake his hand, and move on. Well, very good. Well, if anybody wants to know more about Brian, uh, they can go back and check the full interview in episode 36. But uh, what have you been up to since we last talked?
1: Wow, so since we last talked, I've been doing more of the same with uh, Realm Maintenance, interviewing uh, more podcasts uh, that cover Blizzard games and getting them featured. Uh, Most of my features have been uh, on WoW and Overwatch, simply because those have been the two games that have been kind of in the spotlight over the past several months. Mm -hmm. And then it's just been preparation for BlizzCon, and Con Before the Storm, I was the i uh, I don't have an official title, but I guess you could say that I was the the casting agent or, or talent agent you could say for world of podcasts. Uh, my responsibility was uh, getting in touch with a number of podcasters covering different blizzard games and uh forming panels that went on at com before the storm uh, One of the most star packed series of panels we had we had Scott Johnson from the instance uh Garrett Weinzerl from all the Blizzard podcasts all of that he covers. <laughs> all of them. I, I'm trying to think. Well, I guess he's not covering StarCraft or Diablo right now, but give him some time on that. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and, and so many other uh, awesome podcasters as well. It, it was uh, an abundance of riches when it came to uh, talent and perspectives and voices, and I thought that World of Podcasts went great. It was awesome getting to uh, meet many of those people in person, other people in person. And then, of course, there's BlizzCon itself, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, But I guess uh, other stuff, uh, just doing what I do with Realm Maintenance. Uh, I'm in the process of getting a new podcast started up, which will be specifically focused on World of Warcraft, because I want to kind of go back to my roots on that. And... Yeah, it's, uh, that's. I mean, that's the long version of what's been doing since like the last time we've talked. Not a whole lot has changed. Uh, that yeah, that pretty, that pretty <laughs> much sums it up. Like, if you want to know what I did this week, uh, we, we can get into that too. But I, I'd, I'd say that my life has pretty much been kind of stable and normal. I, I don't live a very wild and crazy life. That's like a roller coaster or something like that. Uh, I, I, I'm still doing the same convenience store job that I was doing, and uh, still playing WoW, still podcasting, and loving every bit of it. Well, now I, you you have piqued my curiosity, so you're you're gonna sure. are you are you able to talk about your plans
0: for for your new podcast?
1: Yeah, yeah. So the new podcast is called the Rolling Restart. Uh, at, if anyone's listened to Realm Maintenance for a long time, for well over 200 episodes of the show. Uh, the opening segment was called The Rolling Restart, and it was basically a few minutes to give myself an opportunity to talk about something either WoW-related or something with another Blizzard game. Just a few minutes, my opinion. Uh, so kind of like a very micro-podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, several weeks ago, I decided I was going to do a WoW podcast, and I liked the name Rolling Restart, so I stopped calling the segment that. And The Rolling is going to be about a... Uh, Anywhere from a 15- to 25-minute podcast, so uh, about as short as a rolling restart if you play WoW. And it will happen every other week. Uh, One thing that I'm doing with Realm Maintenance going forward in 2017 is Realm Maintenance is going to be every other week as well. So Mm. uh, the two podcasts will alternate. So I'll still be doing podcasting content every week, but there's only going to be half as many Realm Maintenance episodes uh, mainly the reason for that is I've covered so many shows that there aren't that many shows left for me to cover, and I also want to give shows more time to uh, to produce episodes because a lot of WoW and other Blizzard podcasts uh, don't produce weekly anymore. A lot of them are roughly every other week, so I figured I'd kind of match that. Yeah, and, that makes sense. Yeah uh and so rolling restarts going to be myself and then a rotating list of co-hosts i got four people that i've talked to uh each of them approach wow i'd say from a different perspective and so uh within a two-month span uh you'll be able to hear me talk with uh, each of them and we'll choose one specific topic in uh in or around the world of warcraft to talk about and uh just have a little bit of a dialogue. Like I said, just kind of getting back to my roots as far as podcasting goes, anyone who listened to my, uh, my first, well, no, technically second world of Warcraft podcast, extended maintenance. Uh, you can look at it as a micro extended maintenance, basically. Yeah. We loved, loved extended maintenance, but it was <laughs> one of those where it was like, all right, right, so let's buckle down. We're going to be here for a while. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, uh, I mean, I loved everything that, that Alton, I did with extended maintenance and I wanted to do something similar yet different. So, uh, you're going to hear different voices, different perspectives, but it kind of that same approach, uh, just focusing on one topic, but at the same time, keeping it relatively bite-sized. So it's perfect for that, uh, morning commute or whatnot. Perfect. Awesome.
0: Well, uh, That's very cool. It's cool to hear that we're going to hear uh, different perspectives from you. It's always nice. But you did mention that we we could talk about what you did this week. So why don't we get into that? How did you start your week
1: this week? So uh, this past week after – Coming back from BlizzCon, which was uh, an experience itself, uh, the, the ride home wasn't that bad, a nonstop flight, and got home an hour earlier than I expected to because of the weather. Nice. I got home, put together the BlizzCon episode of the show, and then watched uh, a little bit of the virtual footage from BlizzCon, and PTRs were going up. So the public test realms for some of these games were getting some of the content that was talked about BlizzCon. Uh, In particular, one of the games that I played on the PTR quite a bit was Overwatch, because Overwatch has this new uh, arcade system that I'm sure we'll talk about in a little bit more detail, but I've been playing a lot of Overwatch arcade. Uh, The the new character Sombra's great. Love her a lot. And between that and the podcast, I've also been playing a little bit of World of Warcraft. Uh, It was Tuesday night, actually, that I was doing my usual run of doing emissary quests to uh, get that bonus chest at the end that will get you some sort of item, bonus, whatnot. And supposedly legendaries have a chance to drop out of those. Now, I had not received a legendary drop since the beginning of Legion. Meanwhile, I see other people are getting uh, legendaries on their very first emissary quest from leveling Mm -hmm. an alt, or they'll get it with relatively little ease. Uh, RNG is RNG. And uh, the funny thing is that they say the reason why they are, they're not increasing the drop rates on legendaries is because they want they want a, the moment that you get a legendary to to be memorable so you have a story to tell about it. And I will always remember my first legendary drop as coming just moments from, us finding out who the next president-elect of the United States would be, and I don't know if that's a great thing or not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, here, have a legendary, and now for something else impossible that's going to happen, here's your next president-elect! Have fun! Um, it, to, to be clear, not – not entirely a fan of the outcome uh, the, everyone's entitled to their opinion. I appreciate uh, every American that did vote uh, one way or the other. And I, there are many, there are many things about our system and our government that can be improved. It is just, it is my hope and wish that uh, that we'll be able to remain as united as possible, that, that we realize that one One man or woman does not a nation make. So, regardless who the president elect is, uh, be nice to each other. Treat each other with the same respect and decency that you would treat your own family and your own blood, and we'll be fine. Uh, That that's that's all I really got to say on that. I'm not going to get too political about it all. Uh, Was I disappointed? Yes. Will Mm -hmm. we go on? Yes. This country isn't going to hell in a handbasket. Don't be afraid. At the same time, don't be quiet. J- just be yourself and be kind to each other. That's, 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 that's it. That's it, exactly. I've been telling,
0: I mean, uh, for those of you who know me, uh, if you want to hear our reaction, we will try and get a, a new episode of State of the Geek out <laughs> as soon as possible. <laughs> uh, my co-host Kelly is out of town right now, but she's coming back midweek this week, and we will be um, trying to get something together next weekend or the following. Uh, but But it's coming soon without the TM. Um yeah. and uh, and you know what I tell my students is is you know be be positive change be be a beacon for hope and positivity don't be negative don't cut people down just hashtag be better
1: yeah and you know one thing I do have to say is I am very thankful for a, a time and a place like BlizzCon where you can find yourself in an environment I mean. Man, it, wouldn't it be great if the whole nation was Blizzcon? If yes. you know what I mean. It was
0: so cool cuz this was my first year and and I yeah. got to say like the the nicest thing I go to conventions all the time. But you know, you kind of do your own thing at regular conventions. It's not as always it's not always easy to start up a conversation with the people you're in line with because you you know, you don't know what they're into. At Blizzcon, yeah. I know they're into one of six things. <laughs> yep. So. And
1: probably multiple ones.
0: Exactly, exactly. So it, it was it was so easy to just start talking to people, and and I felt like I really was able to to get to know people that I would have never have met if I hadn't gone. And I think that that was pretty pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree. So, uh, yeah, just BlizzCon was a great escape from thinking about the election. And going forward, playing World of Warcraft and playing other games has been a a decent escape from you, you know the that that lingering gloom that seems to be hanging over a, a whole lot of us of, of late. But I I remain an optimist, and I remain someone who feels that uh, that things are going to be okay. Keep on being you. Keep playing WoW. Keep playing Overwatch, Blizzard, or whatever like that. And uh, I just I can't wait to see everyone else at the next BlizzCon that I go to. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Anything else going on with you this week? I that about wraps it up. Except uh, if people want to catch me on other podcast uh, forms and stuff like that, especially talking about like wacky BlizzCon predictions and stuff. Uh, check out this week's uh, episode of Azeroth Roundtable. And uh, if you were trying to figure out. What was going to be announced at BlizzCon, we made a whole bunch of predictions a couple weeks ago on the show, and this week we get to find out who predicted the most and who will end up being crowned champion of I was going to say, right is there a no prize associated with this? No, no prize, just the title of champion for a year, and, nice. and then you, you get the ability to create the questions for the next uh, prediction episode a year from now. Awesome. That's always fun. Yeah. That's always fun. Well, for my about weeks, you though,
0: yeah. yeah, it's been it's been also very blizzard coming, kind of coming down off of the blizzard high um, mm-hmm. on Sunday, the the day after, because we we waste no time in the podcasting world. Uh, I was uh, able to be on Girls Gone Wow and talk with EJ and Raven, who I absolutely adore, and uh, and we'll hopefully get to see next uh, ne- next August. I'm going to be going out that direction for um, my in law's 70th birthday. We're going to do a North Atlantic cruise. And oh, nice. uh, so, I, as soon as I knew the dates that we were going to be in London, I, I I sent them a message, and I'm like, "We're coming into town. We definitely you you need to pub with us." Will that so, be your first time in the UK? It will be. It will be. Nice. I'm really, really looking forward to it. Um, but so we we spent some time talking about BlizzCon and and it being my first. It was uh, you know just kind of more of reactions and and experiences more than content, but uh, mm-hmm. a little bit of content there too. And because of BlizzCon, I, two things have happened, both related to Heroes of the Storm. The first and easiest is I've gotten way back into Heroes of the Storm. I'm, I'm playing again. I'm loving playing Zul. He's still my favorite. Um, and, and I think I understand sports ball now. <laughs> um, I sat and watched the uh the last semifinals and the finals and um was was seated between some really cool guys, I think some from Michigan and uh some from uh somewhere else in Southern California. Mm-hmm. And uh we just had a blast and it was like, okay, I understand why people get all excited about the Super Bowl and all the other you know the World Series. Like I get it. I get it because it it was exciting and fun, and I could make predictions, and I could understand what was going on, mm-hmm. and um and it was enhanced tenfold because you were experiencing it with everybody else. And so to to me the that was that was probably my best experience at BlizzCon because it was something that I'd never done before, and uh, and now I I can't get enough of the game. It's like I. Wake up and and if it's a weekend and I don't have to rush out anywhere, I hop on and I get to get my games in.
1: It's funny that you bring that up because last year at BlizzCon was a very similar experience for me with the Heroes of the Storm, and of course that was the year that uh, Cloud Nine ended up taking the title. So I was there for the semifinals and the finals. Uh, the most of my Saturday. Of that the previous BlizzCon was spent watching the Heroes of the Storm thing, and while I had some minor regrets about missing a whole bunch of other stuff at BlizzCon because of it, I, I'm still glad that I was there. Uh, the the electricity, the excitement was something else, and I actually saw a little bit of that this year in of all places at the WoW arena. Uh, tournament that was going on. Now I've never really followed arena PVP and world of Warcraft too much, but I was walking by. I saw that was like the semifinals going on. So I decided to stop by there and just watch a few games of it being played. And that audience was loud, much louder than I expected a world of Warcraft audience to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It, like, like I think that was the thing that, that, that surprised me the most is how big um the uh, esports plays into the weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, I always, from from at home, I always watched the virtual ticket and and watched all the panels and all the announcements and everything else. And when you go there, it's very much everybody just kind of crowding around these arenas, um, you know, cheering for 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 their favorite person or their favorite player, or their favorite team, and mm-hmm. it's, it's exciting. It's got a totally different energy than I I think I expected. It's the Blizzard Olympics. It really is. Yeah, it is. It is. Absolutely. Well, we seem to be going straight into it. So <laughs> Yeah.
1: <laughs> Instead of – Who needs uh, a segue? Let's it, go. Exactly.
0: Let's just jump into BlizzCon. Um, I, I'm not quite sure how we want to start this because there's different ways we can go. Do you want to start with just kind of your 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 biggest reveal
1: or the thing you were most excited about from it? So I have a question for you. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna turn the tables around and I'm gonna interview for you for a second here. Okay. It was your first BlizzCon. Now you've seen a few uh virtual ticket before, right? Mm-hmm. I want you to describe to me what it felt like being present at the opening ceremony of BlizzCon, surrounded by all those people, and just kind of kind of go through with me just what you were feeling and experiencing when that stuff happened. Because I'll tell you what, I've been to four BlizzCons, and nothing quite matches that experience of being in that opening ceremony the very first time.
0: Well, uh, leading up to the, the, the opening ceremony, um, I was feeling a lot of regret because Mm. I had had two large coffees on my way in, and um, and I did not realize how long the men's restroom lines were going to be. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it was that constant debate of, of uh, where do I position myself so that I can see and do I risk waiting in line to go to the bathroom and lose a seat? And ah. finally I found this perfect little spot where nobody seemed to be filling in and I'm like, you know what, I'm going for it. And if I have to <laughs> stand in the back, I will stand in the back. So once, the, <laughs> once biology was taken care of, (laughs) of um i just like when they when they ran the opening video Mm -hmm. i teared up a little bit oh i got chills yeah it's just to to be at the um at the 10th blizzcon and the 25th anniversary of was it diablo 25 years
1: of blizzard and and 20 years of diablo
0: and and You know, just like it's been such a big part of my life because I'm a I'm a a burning crusade baby Mm -hmm. and um, and, you know, my brother and I had a a, a guild together and we, you know, we we would connect when I was in, you know, when he was in college or when he moved away like that. That's how we kind of, you know, spent our time and, and something that we always had in common with one another. And so, you know, I was texting him and, you know, really excited about it all. And I think it just kind of set in what, what a big part of my life Blizzard has played. And, um, and to be able to share that experience with so many other people who feel the same way, it's kind of – it's very powerful. And it's, it, it, some, some people may think it sounds silly because they're video games, but I think the big thing that Blizzard has capitalized on and done so well is the fact that it connects people. And you know that more than anybody because your show is all about the different podcasts out there in the community. I've
1: made a lot of connections. Yeah,
0: <laughs> the communities that have sprung up around them. And so, you know, for, for a lot of us, I think that, that Blizzard stands for, for community and, and to finally be able to be part of that was, was pretty overwhelming.
1: Absolutely. So – Why don't we talk a little bit about just the opening ceremony itself as far as like details, because the opening ceremony is where they dropped a lot of their their bigger announcements, although there was stuff they revealed in the individual panels as well. Uh, How much of an Overwatch player have you been? Because I've been playing it quite a bit. I burned myself out a little bit during beta. And then
0: um, we'll we'll hop online whenever like a big announcement came on, or when you know I was getting ready for BlizzCon, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna jump in and play a, a couple games. But uh, my biggest thing is that since school has started, I've had so little time. I'm not even I don't even have a like main up to one ten in WoW yet. So oh wow okay yeah my, my my gaming time has just been completely curtailed this semester. But you know. so.
1: Were you following it all, or did you have any prior knowledge of the the Sombra character? Because she was she was basically teased as part of this ARG that was happening in the months leading up to BlizzCon. I'm I'm just wondering because one of the one of the best moments about the opening ceremony, of course, is they were showing this like video footage of launch day for Overwatch, and then it looks like there's internet trouble and the things go wrong, and then so- it's just Sombra hacking into that. And uh, people who were aware of of Sombra and the ARG were kind of expecting something like that to come along. But I talked to so many people after the opening ceremony, they were like, wow, that was so cool. I had no idea this was a thing.
0: Yeah, I, I had known, because again, I'm a, I'm a big podcast listener, so I knew I knew Sombra <laughs> was probably going to hack the opening ceremonies. But it was still right. really cool, and I think I think for Overwatch the the cool thing with the characters is they're so dynamic and they're so there's so much story behind them that anytime mm-hmm. we get anything that has to expand on on the story is um is is momentous in in my Yes. Opinion. And so so you know, having that developed was, you know, that little story and you didn't know if she oh they're gonna introduce her as a as a villain. Okay. And wait, well maybe she's not actually a villain. She's kind
1: of a third faction type person. Yeah, I, I feel like she's her she's her own thing. I mean she may be technically with talon but I, she definitely comes across as having her own agenda. I don't think she's a double agent, like, actually for Overwatch, but infiltrating Talon. Uh, she strikes me as being someone with her own personal agenda and means, and we'll see how that all plays out.
0: Yeah, no, and so and she looks like a very cool type of uh, gameplay, which is looks like it kind of follows the whole easy-to-play, hard-to-master kind of philosophy that Blizzard mm-hmm. has. Did you get a chance to, to test
1: uh, Oh, her? yeah. Yeah, and so one of the great things about Sombra is uh, kind of following her kit about being a hacker and stuff is one of her main abilities is the ability to disable other characters' abilities by basically right-clicking and targeting another character. You can prevent them from using any of their abilities that require a button press on the keyboard. Mm-hmm. So basic fire and movement is still good, but... Then she has an ultimate which can disable things like shields or or other uh, things that, like uh, a lot of the ults that car- other characters have. Her ult can basically disable or counter So she strikes me as being this very uh, very attractive pick for competitive play when you want something to counter an opposing team strategy. Like like when the opposing team. Prepares to go all in on a team fight. That's when Sombra shines the most, right. and then her her mobility, her uh, just how she's able to go fast while invisible for like several seconds, and then throw a teleporter beacon uh, quite a great distance. I mean. It, her mobility isn't exactly like Tracer's, but in some ways it's worse, and in some ways it's much better. And it's just a really exciting character to play. Not the most powerful character to play. Uh, you're not going to get a whole lot of kills with her, but she just brings so much utility to the game.
0: Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to give her a try because I think I think she might be a little bit more my play style, which is the kind of stay out of trouble as much as you can, mm-hmm. and 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 get in and get out and and it, from what i understand the i can't i can't get my brain around tracer she just she the reaction time in my opinion that you need to play tracer well i think i have aged out of that age range
1: <laughs> now you and me both brother <laughs>
0: <laughs> like she just i i cannot wrap my head out of using her uh well i think if i if i played enough i might build that up but at, at my age i just don't have the reaction time But the – but she seems like she might be a little bit more controlled than that and a little bit easier to kind of get out of situations if you get into trouble.
1: Yep, yep. Um, You know, if we go through like more things in the opening ceremony – Okay, let's talk about this one thing really briefly because this is something that I don't think you're going to hear on a whole lot of other Blizzard WoW podcasts, anything like that. And it's probably one of the geekiest things that came out of BlizzCon, and that is uh this whole – they spent like seven or eight minutes in the opening ceremony dedicated to this segment where uh they had this guy – uh uh, talking about artificial intelligence and how they are developing uh, this artificial intelligence called, I think it was Overmind or uh. Uh, I'm trying to remember the exact name, but basically they're, uh, they're building this artificial intelligence. And one of the things they're doing to kind of like test and develop it is to have it learn how to play Starcraft two mm-hmm. because Starcraft two is one of those games where uh, things can change on the fly. So rapidly, you, uh uh, your opponent's moves are can be very unpredictable and stuff, and trying to learn how to react to the opponent, and such like that. Uh, I thought it was weird that they spent so much time in the opening ceremony dedicated to that. But just looking at it under a microscope from from someone who's into like all things geeky and such, uh, what do you think of uh, a Blizzard basically letting this company make their AI better by having it play their games? Well, I I think
0: I think the
1: the two reasons why
0: they spent so much time on it and put it where it was in the opening ceremonies is I think one for the tech geeks at Blizzard it's just a very cool thing like it's an honor it's something they're excited about and I think that it it, it is a, a feather in their cap that that would that they would be somebody that was chosen to um, to test this AI because that says a lot about their AI and their ability to kind of program in um, the, the the types of, of artificial intelligence stuff in their games that they do. I think that that they wouldn't have been recognized for that kind of honor if it wasn't for the fact that they already do so much good work, you know, with their technology. I think the other part of it is that it was a business. Definitely a business contract that said you will get this much time at this place in BlizzCon Mm -hmm. uh, as part of our, our agreement moving forward.
1: Yeah the name of it was DeepMind. Overmind was the first uh thing that they had the first AI that they created but DeepMind is the name of the company. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh so yeah if you go uh to the like the the Starcraft website and look at their BlizzCon recap you can see read a lot more about that in detail. But yeah this AI was uh, apparently uh something that they've developed to take on uh, the gate to take on Go and uh defeat the world champion of Go so uh, who knows maybe two or three years down the line they may have this AI playing the the champion of StarCraft 2 to see uh, who's better and who's not I, I think it's
0: very interesting, and I've seen a lot of jokes about how uh, when this thing goes rogue, we're going to have to rely on the Koreans to get us out.
1: Oh, this is the beginning of Skynet. Yeah. <laughs> make, make no mistake. Skynet starts with Blizzard Entertainment. I mean it, <laughs> we've we've had it all wrong. James Cameron had it all wrong when he wrote The Terminator. It wasn't about Cyberdyne Industries. It was Blizzard Entertainment all along. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I've heard
0: several jokes about that. That if it's not if it's not the counter to uh, Skynet, that it is Skynet and <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> help us South <help> Korea.
1: <laughs> so, aside from like Sombra and the, this talk of the AI, like from the opening ceremony itself, I think the biggest stuff that I was interested in was the new hearthstone expansion and just the the details on what that was it's a really interesting theme kind of going kind of has like a feel of a a roaring 20s 30s feel to it uh with the way they're presenting it and uh i I enjoy hearthstone because i played on the commute to and from work the whole time Mm -hmm. and I, i think hearthstone was the biggest stuff for me that i was excited about uh, with the opening ceremony, mainly because uh, they saved all their World of Warcraft stuff for later.
0: Yeah, they really did. And and there was some really cool World of Warcraft things, but it wasn't earth-shattering. I think the stuff that I was most excited about with Hearthstone and, and equally most disappointed in is that <laughs> when they when they presented all this really cool stuff for Hearthstone for the new expansion, I was like, um, can, can we get that in, in WoW, please? because because i felt like it was so much more like uh, don't get me wrong i am loving legion i think legion is an amazing expansion i think it made trump uh i'm sorry i'm trying not to use that word (laughs) Um, it will it will take over uh as my favorite uh expansion since uh wrath but um but i was just sitting there going the the story and the characters are so detailed and so you want to see that bigger
1: gadget, Zan, in World of Warcraft, don't yes, you? Yes, yes, um, ah, me too.
0: And I want to run, I want to run faction um, dailies for one of the three houses, and like you, like you chose Scryer and Aldor
1: in um, in Burning Crusade. I would totally be now. While I play a warlock. I think if I were to choose between those three factions, I'd choose the Jade Lotus because that whole that whole Pandaren uh, – uh, mystical Pandaren clan thing uh, has me kind of excited. Oh, that's I, brilliant. If, I'm one of those few people – there's like so many people who are like, oh, Mr. Pandaria is kind of meh because pandas. Frankly, I like the environment. I like the, the spin and the takeoff it. So I'm not saying that Warcraft needs to be all pandas all the time. Don't get me wrong. But I wouldn't mind revisiting that or bringing some of that culture into uh, the mainlands of Azeroth. And what uh, Hearthstone is doing by introducing that with uh, Mean Streets of Gadgetzan is really fascinating. And just seeing Gadgetzan, at least in the Hearthstone universe, uh, become this hub where – like everyone's involved there and it's not you're not just talking Horde and Alliance races but it almost Gadgetzan in a way almost feels like if you were to have a third faction in World of Warcraft this would be their capital city. You know yeah, what I absolutely. mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. It was so like
0: again so dynamic, so developed, so full of lore and and character and, and I'm like that that needs to be in the game tomorrow. Like it mm-hmm. I, I really hope, like my biggest hope coming out of BlizzCon is that they start taking their cues from Hearthstone, and they don't just let Hearthstone be
1: influenced by WoW, but they let WoW be influenced by Hearthstone. So, quick question, have you noticed that Sir Finley Mergleton is in Legion? I was just going to say,
0: I haven't gotten to him yet, but I have heard on on a, a podcast or two that he is in there, and I think it's mm-hmm.
1: brilliant. I think
0: it is brilliant.
1: Yep, and they also have a... Uh murky from heroes of the storm uh in legion there's a particular quest chain in which uh you get to play as murky and use abilities very similar to how he is in heroes of the storm so there's definitely this bleed over going on in between their games i Mm -hmm. think i think some people blizzard are definitely realizing that people like a little chocolate in their peanut butter and a little peanut butter in their chocolate absolutely
0: (laughs) absolutely and so that was i was I was just fascinated by the lore and I think that was my favorite panel of the week of the weekend mm. was the, the hearthstone panel and, and because they, they can't just and that's, that's one of the things I kind of like about the hearthstone um, uh, development team is they, they can't present things as, okay, so these are the cards that we're presenting, and this is how they work. And no, it's like we start with the art and how where we came up with the art and then here's this character and they're talking like this character is a real person and and so they are they are all in on their lore and their story and and it's just it it makes you excited for what they're what they're putting out there
1: i feel like part of the reason they're going through all that trouble to build those characters and create that locale is because then it plants the seeds for the possibility for that stuff happening in World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. Now whether or not the Wow dev team decides to to take the ball and and run with it uh, is another thing, but at least Hearthstone is setting that groundwork so that should the Wow team want to use those ideas and those plot lines, they're there for them. Yeah. Well, and
0: with with the the, the epicness that is Legion and uh, we'll talk about it when we get to to mm-hmm. Warcraft and and where we're going there, but I think you know, the very common questions where do you go after Legion because Legion Mm. is such an epic kind of almost third act kind of feel Yeah. where do you go well I think you go to things like this like look at the world and how it's developed because of all these expansions and how has it changed because of all these expansions and I would love a very homegrown don't worry about giving us new sections just develop the old sections so that we have this feel of the world progressing
1: yeah, it, it's. I feel like after Legion, and I know we're going to go on a lot of tangents here, uh, but uh, after Legion, I think we need an expansion similar in tone to, say, Missa Pandaria, mm-hmm. uh, an expansion where it doesn't, at least at first, it doesn't appear that there's this great big threat that's going to take over the whole world unless we stop it, but something a little lighter, a little slower, but still fun and entertaining and still having the, this, this, this charm and uniqueness that, that makes us engaged and interested in it. And Hey, if Gadget Zan is the, the stage for the expansion after Legion, I can dig it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be very, very happy, man. (laughs) Um, so other, other games we haven't talked about yet, uh, Diablo. Uh, Diablo announced a new Necromancer class that's going to be coming in 2017. Now that's a
0: pay expansion, yes? You have to pay to get that character?
1: Yeah, so it, it's a little bit different because uh, it's not exactly an expansion. I guess they're calling it a character pack, and you're going to get – with that character pack, they haven't announced the price yet. But you would get access to the Necromancer class, uh, and you'd also get a couple of character slots uh, for your game, and I think uh, some more stash space as well. And uh, the Necromancer is uh, – I played the Necromancer some. It only had a fraction of its final abilities, but I found it very entertaining to play. It did harken back to what the Necromancer of Diablo 2 was like. Uh, similar yet different and, uh, very different from the witch doctor. A lot of people were complaining that, oh, the necromancer is just a reskin witch doctor. No, it is not. No, not at <laughs> all,
0: not at all. It was like, honestly, I had a lot of fun commanding the skeletons. I thought
1: that mm-hmm. was so much fun. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Because they just
0: like anybody who, you know, you've got these skeletons following you around and attacking everything. And then if you click on something and press the command skeleton button, it, it, sends them at them and they go flying <laughs> like the graphics it, for for a character that you could see playing very slow or very kind of cumbersome because there are so many moving parts it there's there's just kind of a, a dynamic movement to that character that is pretty pretty cool
1: oh yeah and with its abilities like its ability to basically teleport from place to place and to also put down area of effect Uh, that slows down your opponents kind of gave me a little bit of a demon hunter vibe to it because demon hunters tend to play that whole kite and shoot from a distance. Mm -hmm. Whereas this is kind of like kite and debilitate and slow down while letting your skeletons uh, do most of the work for you. And then, you know, if you get into danger, teleporting out of the way and that teleport that they give you is this kind of this blood teleport thing and anything you pass through takes damage. So uh, it can be used as a weapon also. It's just A really good vibe from the Necromancer class, and uh, Frank Pierce was the one to introduce at the opening ceremony, which is kind of a big deal because Frank Pierce rarely ever gets up on stage. And uh, one thing that is kind of interesting to note, I talked to a community manager from the WoW team about this uh, at BlizzCon, and he had brought up, uh, did you notice that this was the first BlizzCon in which the producers... Of each game were the ones talking about it on stage. Mm-hmm. Where with Hearthstone, you didn't necessarily have Ben Brode; uh, it wasn't Chris Metzen for World of Warcraft. Instead, this time you basically had the producers who were the ones telling you what was going on. And I, uh, I found that yeah, that's kind of intriguing, kind of fascinating. Yeah, and
0: I and there have been there have been years watching the virtual stream where they've put somebody on stage that were like, oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, you're, you are not comfortable right there. And I was a little worried knowing that Ben Brode wasn't going to be on stage and that we weren't going to have Chris, Chris Metzen. I was like, Who mm, uh, was going
1: to be the hype machine? And you know what? They didn't have someone with that personality, but it still worked. You didn't – none of the people that were on stage at BlizzCon giving those presentations – felt like they were out of place or out of their element. No, not at all. I not once was like, oh, dude, I'm <laughs> <You're> so <laughs> sorry
0: you had to – how did you pull the short straw on this one? No, they were oh, all yeah. very they, – yeah, they weren't maybe the the big dynamic personalities, but they were excited about what they were talking about, and they were knowledgeable yeah. what they were talking about, and they weren't over-technical about what they were talking about, and it was, it was pretty cool.
1: Yeah. I – what what other things from like the opening ceremony got you like really hyped and interested? Because I know we haven't we haven't talked about Heroes of the Storm yet. We haven't talked about the Overwatch League announcement. What, what other things really grabbed your attention? Man? Well, I think I think that was, was going to say the Overwatch League. I, I think I, I'm just
0: starting to get into the the esports thing. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think Heroes was a big a big boost for me for that, but. Uh, to me that seems and correct me if i'm wrong but that changes esports in general pretty strongly like yeah. if you can all of a sudden create professional esports teams like you create professional regular sports
1: teams that's a game changer in my mind they they're really they're really kind of blazing the trail with this and i mean we've seen hints of this kind of thing happening uh korea south korea has been doing leagues for their esports for years now Mm. uh it's never been a global thing it's never been something that's been picked up in north america and europe and stuff like that this kind of league system going on and then on top of that you're adding in uh, at least Blizzard's wish to kind of have this regional influence where, uh, at least for Overwatch, it's going to be teams in different cities and stuff kind of mimicking uh, the American sports ball experience. And I think it's really really impressive and interesting – I think I can get behind a team from a location more than I can get behind a team from a brand. Uh, League of Legends, uh, one of the top teams in League of Legends is sponsored by Samsung. So it's like Samsung, SSG, or, or wherever like that. And it's hard, I mean, it's hard to get behind teams that are, that have that branded sponsorship attached right to them. But I feel like it would be easier for me to get behind, uh, the, the denver the denver uh the denver musketeers or whatever like yeah, that exactly, uh, th- Yeah, exactly that that whole regional thing uh really strikes me as an interesting direction to go with esports and no one's ever really done it by region on that level i mean sure we have we've had uh country versus country clashes but to have regional competition, team versus team. I'm really fascinated to see where would they go with this. And I'm also wondering how successful it's going to be because if what they are talking about is a really ambitious project. Yeah. Well, I mean, because they're, they're, they're treating it like it's an actual, like what we would see
0: as a football team or a basketball right. team where there are, there are tryouts and they Draft. are salaried and yep. like for you know for a teacher with with a group of kids that have an esports team cobbled together um you know the idea that they could actually apply for these things and train and get picked up and be treated like a a professional athlete is is kind of mind-blowing because all of a sudden mm-hmm. for them it's not this pipe it's not any more pipe dream than than the high school student that wants to be a football player or a a basketball player or a baseball player
1: yeah yeah it's i'm I can't wait. And I mean, Overwatch League is really taking it in that regional city-by-city city direction. But just in general, we heard some more news that uh, about the direction that Hearthstone and Heroes of the Storm are going with esports. And one thing that was made very clear just by BlizzCon and the announcements that were made over the past couple of weeks is that Blizzard is all in on esports. The past Mm -hmm. few years, they've been kind of like dancing around with it in and out. And then Hearthstone came, and then Heroes of the Storm came, and you saw them begin to get a little more serious and serious. And then Overwatch was, I mean, they have admitted themselves, Overwatch was designed from the start with competitive esports play in mind, and now Mm -hmm. they're making good on that statement and it's just so interesting to see Blizzard as a company transform like this. Yeah, I mean, and they, they've started with that
0: regional thing with Heroes of the Dorm
1: mm-hmm. where you
0: can get behind your school, and I think, right. I think this is the, the natural evolution of that, and I, I think that's awesome. I'm very yeah. excited, and I, my big thing is is that now we need some some, and maybe they're out there, and I'm just not aware of them. But we need a better way of letting us know when we need to tune into these things, because I think that's where I struggle is knowing which weekend to go to what stream, and find uh,
1: you know what esports are being played. So I think part of the answer to that is better integration with the uh, the Blizzard launcher. Mm -hmm. And they do somewhat of a decent job showing, like, when esports stuff is happening on the Blizzard launcher, but they could probably do better. Uh, I imagine that, you know, they can do it through advertising and such like that. It's it's something – it's going to be a learning process for sure. And then there's going to also be that question of, okay, is Overwatch League going to be something that you can only find – Online or will Blizzard also attempt to make the push to get it featured on something like, say, ESPN Two or something? Right.
0: Well, and I just got—we're—we're we're in the process of cutting the cord and getting rid of our cable because we don't use those sports channels.
1: Hmm. Uh. <laughs> ah. Yeah. Not the timing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, I Overwatch League was probably although. It, It wasn't the biggest announcement for me. There was other stuff that was more important for me. Uh, As a company, Overwatch League was probably the biggest thing that Blizzard revealed at BlizzCon. Well, what was the biggest thing for you? For me, it was quite honestly a tie between the information we learned about the Hearthstone expansion and then what we learned about World of Warcraft, which – I went into BlizzCon because you, you can see all these panels on the virtual ticket, and I went into BlizzCon saying, okay, I'm going to go to the opening ceremony because that's always special,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but after that I'm going to skip all the other panels and watch them on the virtual ticket. Well, when I go to the opening ceremony and they basically say, hey, World of Warcraft fans, uh, we're working on new stuff. Y- you can hear about it later. I grumbled and decided, okay, suckers, you got me into another panel because I <laughs> wanted to know right then, right now. I didn't right. want to go to some site like WoWhead or MMO Champion. I want to be there when the new stuff is announced. Yeah. Uh, so uh, – and what I found out – well, it's kind of interesting because earlier in the show, you had said that we found out about some stuff and it was – um it, it nothing really big or major, but – I guess to me, I kind of take it a little bit differently because there were a few things they touched on that I thought they're coming to. Wow, well, it's a pretty big deal. Uh, the the Brawler's Guild coming back is important to me because I love solo play. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. I do rating and stuff too, but having that single player content is important to me, especially us finding out that artifacts will gain a new appearance. That is unlocked based on completing certain single-player challenges uh, that show how proficient you are with the class you play. Yeah. And I, I think that's awesome. Uh, another highlight for Warcraft for me was uh, brawl was Brawls and PvP, uh, kind of introducing that fun, wacky random element that you see in Hearthstone and Heroes of the Storm and applying it to PvP and WoW. It's the kind of thing that may make me do player versus player content again, if only to check and see what that stuff's about and maybe get some rewards out of it. Right. And uh, the the bombshell announcement at the end, although they didn't go into too much detail, but basically them saying that uh, after we go to the Tomb of Sargeras and take out Uh, you know, the Legion threat on Azeroth, we're not done yet. (laughs) Legion's going to take it a step further, and we're going to take the fight to them in Legion. Something which I thought was going to happen, it's something that I predicted was going to happen, but it's also something that I didn't expect to happen. So when they actually made the announcement and said, by the way, when all this is done, we're going to Argus... My jaw dropped because yeah, I was like, absolutely. "They're they're really doing this. They're really going there." And it brings us back to that question you you said, uh, Joe, about uh, what happens after that? How do you top that? Where do you go after you take out the Burning Legion? Yeah, because I think I think a lot of us
0: just assumed. I know the, the you know that, that's what Matthew Rossi on on Blizzard Watch has been saying forever is that well we'll get Argus in another expansion like that's sure. an expansion all of its own so yeah. for them to part that is part of legion that's crazy like that's that's if in in a lot of ways that's end game for wow like that's that's the that's as, about as far as you can go so where you go past argus i just don't know
1: i think it's a bold move for them to do so because it's them making a statement to us saying that World of Warcraft isn't done yet, and we're so convinced it's done that we can go to this place and take the storyline in this direction. And promise you, there's more comment uh, content coming after that. Uh, it, it's a very, it's a very bold statement, and I'm excited about it. I mean, hey, if we're gonna go to Argus sooner than later, great. Because I and am I going to be asking what happens after Argus, like the millions of other people? Absolutely, and. The longer they can keep that what's after Argus a mystery, uh, I think the more excited I'm going to be about it. It's revealing Argus was a great thing. Now whatever they have next, I want them to keep that sucker shrouded in mystery as long as possible. Yeah, absolutely. I-
0: yeah, well, because I don't think it's because none of us are sitting there going, "Well, what's next?" As in, like we're <laughs> we're already past the content that they haven't even put out yet. Like I think that that's what they're used to us doing is like, "All right, all right, we got this. What's the next? What, what are you gonna do with us next?" It's it shifts it to what in the hell could you possibly
1: do next? Like, I we did the Emerald Dream yeah. in Legion. I mean, uh, the Emerald Nightmare, but. You get to rescue the Emerald Dream at the end of it and see a piece of what the Emerald Dream looks like. So we've gotten that idea out of way. We're, we're doing Argus now, and the, yeah, it, it just it leaves this big question mark, and it's exciting. It's a question mark that I'm excited to have exist. Uh, it's, it makes me very hopeful and optimistic for the future of the game that we are going there na- uh, now.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely. I'm I'm really excited with what uh, Legion has been I think what we all hoped warlords would be and oh yeah, and so much more. And uh and so the fact that they're just going to, you know, they're just kind of like, "Oh, and we're giving you this
1: and we're giving you this." <laughs> now, yeah, the you're... only way they could have done better is by them saying, "And by the way, we're going to Argus next week. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I just, and one, no, one I think more everybody, thing. Do, do, do that whole Apple presentation thing. I think everybody would have gone. No. 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 <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> Not ready well, yet. Wait, I don't have a legendary yet. Come on, guy.
0: Um, and then
1: that that got taken care of. So. Yeah. Well, I have <laughs> to I have to ask
0: you because you know I know I, I I got the the reactions from from EJ and Raven on Girls mm-hmm. Gone. Wow. Uh, how do you feel about the Warlock Epic Mount?
1: Um, it's okay. I I think that other classes are getting far more impressive mounts. Mm-hmm. And I'm when I saw the Warlock mount, I wasn't like, oh my gosh, I must have it. Am I going to work toward getting it? Absolutely. Uh, but I am far more excited in the Shaman mount because uh, this, uh, it's funny because a lot of people say that Legion's all unfriendly, and yet this has been the one expansion where I've been playing an alt almost as much as my main. Uh-huh. I raid as a resto shaman, and I got a little excited for the Warlock-class mount, but when I saw that shaman-class mount, this big freaking huge air elemental with a seat and everything on top of it, I lost my mind. I'm like, yes! <laughs> that I want that now! Well, it's funny because EJ was like, yes,
0: there's been a lot of people who are not happy with the uh, the wizard mount, or the mage mount, and uh, uh, the mount
1: down- fans were great. Yeah, Yeah,
0: exactly, and Raven was like, I like being a a, a cat, and I like being a bear, and I like being a boomkin, but I don't think I want to be them all at the same time. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and I'm a hunter, and wow. I, I, is it a
1: flying wolf? I didn't. I didn't really understand what it was. <laughs> uh, it was. It, it was an owl beast. So uh, have you done the world quest in? Uh, I want to say Azuna, where you're fighting the the prowlers. I haven't, because again, I haven't gotten to one ten yet. Oh, I'm almost there. Right, almost right, right, there. right, 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 right. Okay, but it's basically kind of like this cat bearish thing. It's okay. uh it and it has like feathers on it. So it, it's it's kinda like an amalgamation of a few different things, but it's uh, that's another mount that like to me was kinda like meh. I think the most impressive class mounts to me were the Raven for the Rogues. Absolutely. Yeah. The Ball <laughs> for the Priests. Yes, the Owl for the Priest, the Shaman Elemental, uh, the Dragon for the Warriors, not bad, very much in flavor for them, mm-hmm. uh, the, the less impressive ones, uh, the the Paladin and the Warlock class mounts, which doesn't entirely surprise me because, uh, they're the two classes that, you know, class mounts were the big thing for them back in the earlier days of WoW, so right. this is kind of like the time to let the Air classes shine with the class mount, and that's fine, I have no problem with that, mm-hmm. uh, the monk one looks good.
0: Yeah, the monk considering it's another cat. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you could very easily put in another cat, and everybody's like, all right, it's another cat. But it's a it's, it's a flying really pretty model.
1: Yeah. Yeah. and they'll get to fly. I mean, all these mounts fly, even if we didn't get to see them flying, in the the reveal. But yeah, it's. Uh, I know someone who has a a rogue alt that is uh, going to be definitely leveling up their rogue just to get access to that raven mount. That raven mount looks pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, my my um my alliance alt is a, a rogue, so I'm looking forward to picking up the, the raven. If I can even get to that point, like I said. <laughs> if you got to right.
1: and, and you know what's funny? It, it's funny that we're talking about this. Here we are talking about class mounts having us excited. And in the big picture, mounts are a relatively small aspect of the entire gameplay in Legion. And I think that just goes to show... Uh, just how well that they've done with Legion where uh, they're, they've given us all this content and they can make a simple thing such as class mounts be so exciting and intriguing and something that we want to have. Uh, when Warlords of Granor was around and they had that minor content patch where, hey, kids, we're giving you selfies and WoW. <laughs> I, I think people were far more excited about class mounts in Legion than they were about selfies in Warlords right well because because mounts are
0: I don't know, they're just something that help you define your character, yes and and selfies you know are, <laughs> are the thing that <laughs> keeps you from getting to, selfies you know, kind of break the fourth wall they break, break the fourth wall, and in reality, we can do selfies we can exactly. <laughs> we take selfies in the real world we we don't fly around on on giant ravens in the real world,
1: this so is true.
0: yeah, we so don't I think,
1: ride around on giant. Swirling air elemental beasts, either.
0: Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah,
1: I can see that. Um, I guess what other stuff out of WoW got my attention? Uh, yeah, just the Brawler's Guild, uh, that's going to be on the, the public test realm next week, and I'm going to be playing the the heck out of the Brawler's Guild because that kind of single-player stuff is I, – I eat that stuff up for breakfast, and they're, they're making improvements to the Brawler's Guild where every once in a while uh, when you have a whole bunch of people waiting in line, there will be a fight that pulls everyone into it. Yeah, uh, that was pretty cool. Just them – uh, doubling down on the whole social aspect of the Brawler's Guild because you would have people casting buffs on other people and all that stuff. I really like how they're they're taking little things about that. It, the the devil is in the details. It's those little things, those little touches that can make you really uh, uh, respect and appreciate the the work that Blizzard puts into it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I I've never actually done Brawler's Guild. Um, most of my time has been spent. Uh, well, I I dropped the ball big time during Warlords. I just. It, mm-hmm. But um, but I think that that has been, a, has been on my short list of things that I wanted to get back to in this expansion. And I my roots were in PVP back in the day when I, I joined. I joined on a PVP server and in a PVP guild. And um, around Cataclysm, I was just like, I'm done. I don't have I don't have the support yeah. teams here. So um, so I'm back on the PVP realm. I'm looking forward to. Um, to jumping into that stuff, and I think it's definitely more accessible this this go around than it has been the last couple of expansions.
1: Yeah, I think the only thing we haven't really touched franchise wise is Heroes of the Storm. And since that's your jam, how about you talk about that stuff first? What'd you think?
0: Um,
1: well, I because I I didn't get back
0: into it until Saturday. Like I think Saturday, <laughs> so, so it was like okay, Varian. I'm, I've always been a little bit more on the Horde side of the bifactional spectrum. So, um, Variant. Okay, I thought. The idea of Ragnaros as a playable character was crazy, and that is one of the <laughs> demos that I did play. I did get to play either of them, but I was on a team with a rag. And when that lane clear comes, ah um, yes, it's <laughs> so epic. Um, I was I was a little disappointed that we only got two, uh, unless I missed one somewhere. We only got the
1: two characters revealed that is ju- it's just that in previous ones, we've had three character reveals at BlizzCon. So this was the only one where we had two, uh, that being very and Ragnaros and, uh, even though Ragnaros does something a little bit unique in that he has the ability to kind of like take over a base for a while and grow big and have massive superpowered abilities. Mm-hmm. I would say that outside of that, we didn't get a weird character this year, no. you know, like lost Vikings, the, the one hero that's actually three Cho the, the one hero that's played by two players. We didn't get anything really weird. We got something different that we haven't seen before, but not something that I would say outright shatters everything that you've thought about MOBAs. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, I think Ragnaros looks like a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, He will be a day one purchase for me. And I cannot say that about a whole lot of characters. I think I have bought a character the first day that they've been out a total of three times. And that was, I want to say, man, Li Ming, Sylvanas, and one other character that I can't think of off the top of my head, but Ragnaros will be day one purchase for me for sure. I think my only day one purchase was Chromie, mm. and, uh, and
0: I was a, maybe a week or two late on on Zul, who who is by far my favorite character. That's why I was very excited about the uh, the Diablo three stuff, is because I'm a huge Zul fan. So anything that they can give me that's necromancer based, I'm I'm there. Right. But, I was I was kind of hoping since you know I, I think a lot of people thought we were going to get Varian because of um, you know him him leaving Wow. The I, time
1: just felt right, yeah.
0: Yeah, I was kind of hoping well maybe they'll do both. Maybe they'll bo- well, maybe we'll finally get our troll, maybe we'll get Voljin in there. And I'm still holding out cuz he's by far my favorite character in WoW. And uh, and so I'm I'm still hoping. I'm still hoping that they can put together a kit. They have a lot of archers though, so I think we might have to wait for a while.
1: Yeah, I I feel like there's more left in Vol'jin's story than there is left in Varians. Mm-hmm. E- even though you saw Vol'jin, um, uh, saw how Volgen was buried and basically burned and stuff like that, uh there was even a dev that hinted that there's still more story left to tell in regards to Volgen. So mm-hmm. Uh, they may wait on the Vol'jin reveal until we've seen some of that stuff play out, whether it plays out in Legion or stuff or such. I have no idea. Uh, but yeah, Le- uh, Volgin and Varian were definitely at the top of the list. I was really, especially with the 20 year anniversary of Diablo, I was really hoping for Deckard Kane. I thought if not <laughs> if not now, then when. This is the perfect time for you to have Varian and Ragnaros, and then all of a sudden, screen goes black. Every lights are out, and then you just hear a voice that says, "Stay a while and listen," which <laughs> and which then the crowd the perf- goes nuts. Exactly, it's the perfect, it's
0: the perfect stun. Like, how is that not a stun power? Yeah, you stay a while, and listen, and
1: whoever you're around just sits. Yeah. Like, it's a perfect. It it writes itself. Yep, yep. I built in the ultimate. And then the other ultimate could have been, like, a, a Herodric cube that grows to be very big, and you, you throw, like, an enemy hero into the Herodric cube, and they come out as a completely different hero. Oh, that was <laughs> cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I also was hoping, like, I, I, think it's, I think it's fun that they did the whole Diablo 1 level that they're going to be putting.
1: Oh in. yeah, in January the the whole darkening of Tristram, basically bringing Diablo one into the Diablo three engine. Yeah,
0: yeah. But I was kind of like I, I don't know about the whole pixelated eight movement. Thing. Like I think it's more shticky than fun. I don't know. I didn't get to play that aspect of it on the, the demos.
1: Were you around when World of Warcraft had its tenth anniversary and the Molten Core raid was available? Yes. I've heard a couple people kind of make the analogy that playing Diablo 1 in Diablo 3 is going to feel a lot like playing Molten Raid during the anniversary thing. It's going to be something that's like fun and nostalgic, and then after you play it for a while, you're going to be like, eh, this is why I'm glad I have Diablo 3 (laughs) in its normal (laughs) form.
0: It's it's that nostalgia with a... uh
1: Purpose kind of thing. <laughs> do you really want the Do you really want the game like it was back in the day? Yeah, yeah. But uh, it, we'll it, we'll see how it turns out. I, I think it's a neat gimmick and it's something that's only going to be around during January. And uh, there's a couple of neat transmog rewards to get out of it, and there's supposedly a lot of secrets hidden in there. And it'll be a nice bit of content for Diablo players to to pass the time. And uh, honestly, it, a couple months ago. You had players of Diablo wondering, what the heck's happening with the franchise? Are we getting a Diablo 4? Are we getting another expansion? Well, now there's a, a bit more of a clearer picture of what's going to be happening with Diablo 3. And uh, while people may be disappointed that we didn't get, like, say, an expansion announcement or Diablo 4 announcement, I think this whole Necromancer pack reveal shows us that another expansion for Diablo 3 likely isn't going to happen. No. Uh, Whether or not we get more characters after the Necromancer, I feel, is going to depend on the success of the Necromancer. And then Diablo 4, I am almost positive, is something that is in the works, but will not be announced until they're ready to announce it.
0: Yeah, and I think if we do get a Diablo 4, it's going to be in a different... I don't want to say format, because I think it's going to be the same type of game. But I think they're going to try and make it a little bit more episodic and and self-sustaining like not something Hmm. that you just buy out of the box and that's it like it's something that's more meant to expand over time and more things that you can add that aren't just you know either whether it's different character classes rather than front load the story pace it yes exactly exactly Um, I do think, I think that they find that, well, they've got the WoW model where people are constantly coming back, constantly staying staying subscribed. You've got Heroes of the Storm where you're always adding new characters. You've got Hearthstone where you're always changing up cards. And I think anything that they add from this point on has got to have that same kind of feel to it where we know we're going to be constantly getting new content as as the, the game grows.
1: My big prediction for Diablo 4, and I'm going to stick with it until I get proven wrong is Diablo 4 is going to take the story hundreds of years into the future of the world in which its uh sanctuary meets technology. Oh, okay. I I there's some people that may think that's a horrible idea and I don't think there will be areas of sanctuary that are that I don't think the whole place of sanctuary will necessarily be all tech uh, technology advanced and stuff, but I'd like to see them Take Diablo 4 in that direction, uh, a new spin on things like what what happens to a world hundreds of years later when technology and stuff has basically been the main thing running their lives and all of a sudden all these angelic and demonic forces are once again back. How does the populace deal with that? How does the populace deal with uh, things like Nephilim and stuff like that that were all but legends, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, isn't it
1: – was it you way back in the uh, um,
0: Flex Mode uh, days that mm-hmm. said, you know, that either Diablo or Warcraft or one of them eventually just became StarCraft? Uh,
1: I think it was – I actually, I think it was John Jagger who said that on Flex Mode. Yeah. But I, I'd i love to see it happen. Yeah, I that'd mean, be fun. Sure. It'd be interesting. <laughs> yeah, why not? Um, I, I just – I'm really – I've been a fan of Diablo since the the early days of Diablo 2, and Diablo 3 is a great game. It just fell short a little bit for me because I feel that the story did not resolve itself in a satisfying way at the end of Reaper of Souls. And when Diablo 4 comes out, I'm really hoping Diablo 4 – answers a lot of questions I have about Diablo 3, and if it's not going to answer those questions, then I want it to take place so far along in the future that it doesn't matter. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Very cool. Well, was there anything else over that weekend that that really um, stood out for you? Any other big announcements or just big experiences that you felt Mm -hmm. were, you know, BlizzCon
1: 2016? I... you know, just uh, it, just the whole the the whole thing of what BlizzCon is. It just meeting people, all the parties and stuff that happened before, during, after, in and around of it. I, half the reason I go to BlizzCon is for the people. The other half is for the announcements and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess two things that really made this BlizzCon special is that for me, uh, I had the opportunity to interview. Uh, a member, uh, one of the lead software engineers on the WoW team uh, for rail maintenance, uh, his name was Patrick Magruder. And that was pretty big for me because I've never had like an official, official uh, WoW team interview before. So that was a pretty cool moment. And then I, I find out like just uh, early that morning, I found out that, one of the questions that I had filled out for the, the wow team Q&A that I dropped into the, the mailbox in the Darkmoon Fair on the upper level, uh, I found out that that question was picked to be asked and I got to be the person to ask the very first question in the wow Q&A. So if you have the virtual ticket, go to the wow Q&A. Go back to the first question. You'll know what I look like. Uh, <laughs> that was it. Was I, funny because that was the first thing
0: I. Uh, that was the, really one of the only virtual ticket things that I went back and watched was the Q and A for that, and
1: I was like, oh, it's Ro. <laughs> yeah. <right> there. <laughs> yeah. That that was that was an odd moment. I I mean I was a, a little nervous, but I think I handled it fine. Did I get the question answered exactly the way I wanted to no, know, but. It, you normally don't get those, the answers that you, that you want. You get the answers that you deserve. Uh, mm-hmm, <laughs> but, uh, that was, that was a memory that I'm going to remember for quite some time. I mean, and not many people are going to really remember who was the first person to ask a question at the Warcraft Q and A in BlizzCon 2016, but that's something that I'm going to be able to, to take with me and, and keep in, in my chest of memories, uh, as it were. And, uh, it was, it was really special. This was a year that, for me personally, showed that um, that there are there are people within the company that have taken somewhat of a notice to what I do, and they, in their own way, found ways to recognize that. And I am entirely flattered and humbled by that recognition. It's, it's it. it that that's personally for me was an awesome thing, and not many people are, are going to care about who asked the first question at the Warcraft Q and A or or who got an interview or not because all that stuff just gets you know copied and pasted on the other news sites after the fact. Anyhow, people just want news; they don't care where it comes from or who says it. They just want to know the details. But uh, as far as my personal BlizzCon journey. This one, if I had to rank all four BlizzCons that I've been to, uh, the first one and this one are one A and one B in, yeah. in terms of my favorite BlizzCons.
0: Yeah, well, and 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 I think that again, goes back to what we had said earlier about Blizzard. They they take care of their community, mm-hmm. they take care of their fans, and they the ones that are are you know spending time pub- publicizing their stuff. Just because they love it so much, I, I think they they don't have a problem saying, "Hey, you know, we appreciate the stuff you're doing, and you certainly do a lot of it, sir." So, uh, I think it's well deserved.
1: Well, thank you. Uh, I'm one of many, and I am very proud to be of that many. And uh, i I can't wait for the next BlizzCon. I wish it was November of 2017 already. Uh, it's a, BlizzCon is. I don't have a whole lot of family of family by blood uh blizzcon for me is that family reunion blizzcon for me is that thanksgiving or christmas that a lot of families uh get to, to spend every november or december it's just a time where people of you know common uh, of likes and excitement and stuff like that you get together share some fun together and then it's over and you wonder where all the time has gone uh, it, BlizzCon is my favorite holiday of the year.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can definitely understand that. This being my first BlizzCon, uh, and me being a, a pro at the convention scene because I've gone to mm. to San Diego Comic Con for pretty much the last twenty years. Um, you know, I go to lots of smaller cons. This is so completely different that if you're used to going to a comic book convention or a pop convention or an anime convention, BlizzCon has has Two different feels to it. One, it's got it I noticed that you didn't feel like you were packed in with a whole bunch of people because everybody was either in line for a demo, doing a demo, or watching a panel, or watching an esport. You know, right. moving or like if you were if you have anxiety about being around other people, the only time you really have to worry about that is getting in on the first day. After that, you're you're pretty free and clear. Um, so that gives it a different feel than a lot of these conventions. But again, that idea that you can go up to anybody you're talking to, any any person there is probably into the same things you are, and you can have an instant rapport with them. And and to me, that's something <laughs> that's something we all need right now. Yes. Um, but it it I, I can understand. You know, I, I've heard for so many years people go, "Oh, but it's kind is of like nothing you'll ever see, nothing you'll ever see," and and I get it now because it really is. It there's a, a communal feel there that I have never experienced a convention before.
1: Yeah, you know, I've been to a Comic-Con twice, and that's really my only other convention experience outside of going to BlizzCon. And I totally agree with you. Uh, BlizzCon is something unique and special that I don't think you'll see uh, in many other conventions, unless the convention is, like, super specific. And with those conventions that are super specific, like, say, you go to a convention that's all about nothing but the, the TV series Supernatural. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. uh, the difference between that and BlizzCon is BlizzCon has 26,000 people in it, and yeah. they all love what you love. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's
0: different than anything I've ever experienced, and yeah. and in all in good ways. All in good ways. Absolutely. Well, thanks very much, Brian, for joining us today and, and yeah. talking about this stuff. I think... Uh, uh, you know, I, I, I I'm I'm looking forward to next year already. And uh, are you know. planning to go? Yeah, I I've I've gone back and forth. I think my first day, I spent a lot of time in the main room, um, watching the panels, and th- I think that if that was my only experience at BlizzCon, I would've been like, eh, I'll just do the 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 virtual ticket. But now- the second. The second day made up for me because I did get out of that room and didn't watch really any panels and was really more about kind of just taking the experience in the esports and the demos and that kind of stuff.
1: Now, I, I forget, is your husband into any of these Blizzard games also? or Not at all. Not okay. at all. So, so I likely won't be seeing him next year. No, well, you know what? Here's the thing. I, I
0: know next year that I am going to try and get my, my brother... Because he plays all the same games I do, and mm-hmm. and he was sitting there texting me, "What else is going on? What else is going on? Oh my God! Why didn't I go with you this year?" But so so I think next year we're gonna try and go together, and and I I think this has renewed my enthusiasm for trying to get introduce him to some of the stuff,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: I, we we tried WoW, <laughs> WoW's not gonna happen.
1: Overwatch League
0: might be one way in. Who I knows. I I think the best thing for for him and I would be to play Chogall in Heroes of the Storm. Ooh, yeah. Because then I can just run around and he can shoot things and we can make horrible mistakes, and <laughs> silly and fun. And that might be his, you know, gateway drug. It doesn't have a lot of story. He has to worry about mm-hmm. it. Doesn't have, you know, I'm not by any means an expert, especially on that character. And, and I think that might be the way I. Uh, sneak him in <laughs> cool
1: yeah I, I can't wait i can't wait for the next blizzcon it's uh, uh who knows what's going to be revealed between now and then and that's kind of the cool thing too because i mean some people might argue that blizzcon 2016 didn't have uh the the biggest bombs of announcements that people were hoping for but one thing i've also noticed is that uh blizzard is uh not necessarily always dropping those big bombs at BlizzCon. They're kind of mm. pacing their big announcements and reveals. And you know what? That's okay because it makes BlizzCon more about the eSports, which is which is fine, but it also takes less of the pressure off of BlizzCon to be all about the big announcement. And it puts more of the emphasis on BlizzCon being about a celebration of the games and the community around those games and for me it's all about community.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I completely agree. Well, very cool.
0: Well, any shout-outs as we as we start wrapping things up?
1: Uh, sure. I mean, anybody that I ran into at BlizzCon even if only for a second or two, in- including yourself. I uh, just it, it's it's always a pleasure to to shake the hand, give a hug, meet new faces at BlizzCon. So, if I saw you at BlizzCon, a shout out to you because uh there is no no one that I met at BlizzCon made my experience worse. Every face that I got to see at BlizzCon made my experience that much better. So, thank you for for being a part of it. And, and uh shout outs to just all the all the people there still talking about Blizzard games and po- and podcasting about Blizzard games and And just sharing their love and enthusiasm for all the stuff that Blizzard does. Because uh, quite honestly, if we didn't have such a passionate uh, fan base, such a passionate community about these games, that in turn uh, inspires Blizzard to do things like BlizzCon. So if it wasn't for the community, BlizzCon wouldn't exist. Absolutely. Tr- Considering the time and the effort that takes to put on BlizzCon, uh, I'm sure that in some ways uh, the shareholders might wish that Blizzard just spent their, their time and energy more on working on the game and less on trying to put together a, a, this big weekend show, but – uh it- the developers and the people behind Blizzard games are just as passionate about the games as we are, and it's it's a great give and take. So, uh, shout out to everyone who went to BlizzCon, everyone at Blizzard who would, it just gave us a great time, and, uh, and shout out to yourself as well. And and I, I hope to spend more than just a fleeting moment with you in uh, 2017. Yeah, definitely. We'll have to we'll have to find a way
0: to uh, to kind of. Uh... You'd pal around for, for a little while. got to go get
1: some Korean barbecue. Absolutely,
0: absolutely.
1: <laughs>
0: um, I'm going to throw out shout-outs to um, Ben. I don't know his last name, but Ben, who I played two games of Hearthstone with in the demo area <laughs> because we had a lot of fun. And then uh, Larry, who sat next to me in um, the Heroes of the Storm matches, and we got to spend a good couple of hours just talking games and and hanging out. Uh, that those are my my BlizzCon shout outs because uh, th- that was that was kind of fun to have some people that you really really connected with mm-hmm. um, but as far as we, we've we've tried very hard to avoid um politics on this uh, this episode mm-hmm. <laughs> again if you're you're interested in in my reactions we will have a state of the geek up in a couple of weeks but um, uh, I want to send a shout out to a couple of people who uh, I have met through podcasting who one of their first thoughts uh after the election results came in was to check in on me and see how I was doing and to me that that is it means more than you you could know so I want to thank uh Kenny who who I <laughs> got a for for the morning uh text message that I got to wake up to which made me feel really good starting Wednesday um same thing with Raven from Girls Gone Wild, who checked in, and, and uh, T. Morris, uh, who, who checked in with me later in the day. So you guys don't know how much that means to me, that, that you guys are thinking about me, and I'm, I'm certainly thinking about all of you. Uh, so that is – those are my shout-outs. Cool. Coming up next week, we're going to be talking about Ray, uh, talking about Dr. Strange with Ray Vargas. I apologize to those of you who thought episode uh, 54 was going to be Doctor Strange. We switched them just because uh, I couldn't get my act together and Ray was patient (laughs) enough to reschedule with me until later this weekend. So we'll try and have that out sometime this week, uh, later in the week. But uh, that will be coming up next. All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound and is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. You can currently find us at Geektitude.com, as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and most other podcatchers out there. Go ahead and leave us a review and spread the word. If you would like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Geektitude or me personally at Epic Grays. Uh Roe, how can we find you?
1: Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Rowow. That's spelled R-H-O-W-O-W. You can check out the Realm Maintenance Podcast uh, anywhere podcast apps are free. (laughs) iTunes, Stitcher, (laughs) TuneIn, all those places. Uh, The Realm Maintenance Podcast is located online at realm-maintenance.com and can be followed on Twitter at Realm Podcast. And if you like listening to podcasts about Blizzard games and you're looking for more to check out, uh, go to realm-maintenance.com if you have any questions uh, for me about a podcast for Blizzard games, or maybe you're thinking of starting up a podcast yourself and want some advice or something like that. You can feel free to drop me an email. Uh, that's realmpodcast at gmail.com. Yes.
0: Yeah, so just a warning. He is a gateway drug to both listening to and starting your own podcasts. So I, be I've been accused
1: of, of this many a time. So. <laughs> Thanks again, Brian, for being with us today. And Thank you, Joe. I really appreciate it, and uh, I can guarantee that that we will be meeting and talking again uh, about something Blizzard related or even otherwise next year.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Have a if I don't talk to you before then have a happy have a happy new year. You and, as well. And for all of you listening out there, remember this week. Keep it deep.